Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Over the next hour, you'll learn how the past influences the future and how you can create a fabulous future for yourself. Now, here's Cheryl. Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We are on a journey to understand the past so we can move forward into the future with focus and energy. Today, let's reflect on some echoes of the tumultuous decade of the 1960s. As we reminisce, ask yourself if we are experiencing deja vu. It was a bright and sunny day on November 22, 1963, at 12.30 p.m., when tragedy struck. Crowds had gathered along the streets, eager to catch a glimpse of the president. Kennedy's motorcade, with the top of his Lincoln limousine down, raced to Parkland Memorial Hospital. But despite their desperate efforts, the medical team pronounced the 46-year-old president dead at 1 p.m. Central Time. The news of his assassination spread like wildfire, and a collective gasp of disbelief reverberated across the nation. A generation of Americans would forever remember where they were when they heard about the president's assassination. It was a moment that transcended politics and geography. People from all walks of life were united in their grief, shocked by the sudden and senseless loss of their leader. The impact was not confined to the political realm. It seeped into the very fabric of society, leaving an indomitable impression on the American psyche. Within hours of the assassination, the nation was further gripped by a chilling twist of fate. By 2.15 p.m., Lee Harvey Oswald, a new employee at the Book Depository, was arrested for JFK's assassination. The tragic events of the day took an even darker turn when Oswald was also charged with the fatal 1.15 p.m. shooting of Dallas Patrolman J.D. Tippett. The nation watched in shock and disbelief as the man accused of assassinating the president was paraded before them. Two days later, on November 24, 1963, the nation would witness another shocking act of violence. In a bizarre turn of events, Oswald, in the custody of law enforcement, was murdered by Jack Ruby, a local nightclub owner and police informant. The Point Blake shooting occurred on live television, further deepening the sense of turmoil and conspiracy surrounding the president's death. The impact of President Kennedy's assassination on American society was profound and enduring. It marked the end of an era of innocence and optimism, giving way to an era of skepticism and cynicism. The nation mourned not only the loss of a leader, but also the loss of a vision for a brighter future. Kennedy's death sparked intense investigations, conspiracy theories, and a profound sense of loss. It ushered in a period of political turmoil and cultural change, with the 1960s becoming a decade of upheaval. The civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, and the counterculture all gained momentum in the wake of Kennedy's assassination, shaping the course of American history for years to come. If not a flawless leader, no person could meet such ever-escalating expectations. 
JFK's assassination jars tragically because we mourn the potential as much as the actual deeds. Perhaps time would have seasoned bold vision with wisdom. Perhaps cracks would have emerged in private that no press dared expose in that simpler era. But even flawed figures can later grow into outsized myths, their tragically curtailed possibilities overshadowing life's messier realities. President Kennedy's untimely death, shrouded in mystery and intrigue, continues to be a subject of fascination and debate. It has inspired countless books, films, and documentaries, all seeking to unravel the enigma surrounding that faithful day in Dallas. The impact of his assassination on society endures as a reminder of the fragility of leadership and the profound ripple effect of one tragic moment in time. Prior to those events, JFK had won a landslide election. But in disentangling complex 1960s challenges, namely civil rights, Khrushchev's nuclear weapons, the budding conflict in Vietnam, obstacles remained. The failure of the disastrous Bay of Pigs invasion within months of his term embarrassed the administration. Tensions with the Soviets waxed and waned, Cuban missile brinkmanship giving way to detente talks before catastrophe unfolded. Television, with its pervasive presence in nearly every household, intensified this maelstrom of transformation. Vietnam became the living room war due to its vivid depiction on TV screens. But there was also a living room culture war that brought a parade of hippies, yippies, blue-collar workers, revolutionaries, hedonists, provocative comedians, and boundary-pushing TV shows into homes during prime time and on almost a nightly basis. Robert Kennedy, meanwhile, continued his brother's legacy, championing civil rights while locking up organized crime figures as a senator and then presidential hopeful. But he too fell, not to the ballot box defeat, but another mad assassin, just as his moral leadership against Vietnam and poverty seemed poised to mend new wounds inflicted on the body politic. The dream theaters, now doubly darkened, reflected a country increasingly turning on itself over agonizing generational change long preceded. If bullets took the Kennedys, it was demons they tried confronting head-on that ultimately ripped 1960s social fabric apart and have yet to release their grip today. But destiny was not done with the Kennedys. The Chappaquiddick incident a significant political scandal in American history, occurred on the night of July 18, 1969. Senator Edward Ted Kennedy, a prominent member of the Kennedy political family, was involved in a tragic car accident on Chappaquiddick Island in Massachusetts. Kennedy's car plunged off the dike bridge into a tidal channel. While Kennedy survived, his passenger, Mary Jo Kopenshee, a young campaign worker, tragically drowned. Kennedy failed to report the accident to the authorities for 10 hours, which led to significant public controversy and questions about his actions that night. 
The incident and the ensuing scandal greatly affected Kennedy's future political career. The long arc of justice in America reveals itself through contrast, the highs of progress ever shadowed by the depths opposing it. During the 1960s crucible of the civil rights movement, three competing visions collided to shape racial realities still evolving today. The righteous resistance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the defiant radicalism of Malcolm X, and the reactionary racism of white supremacist groups like the Ku Klux Klan. King advocated nonviolent civil disobedience anchored in universal appeals to conscience, creating public discomfort that compelled change. His gift for oratory channeled anger into activism and fear into faith. King appealed to innate morality, not force, catalyzing campaigns like the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott and the pivotal 1965 Selma march. Through suffering servants exposing oppression's ugliness, he eroded excuses allowing discrimination's perpetuation. Malcolm X resonated differently, aiming to lift up black communities through self-determination rather than white approbation. His blistering critiques of racist systems that created intergenerational trauma initially sought change through any means necessary. But after spiritual evolution during a pilgrimage to Mecca, he returned embracing strategies that empowered rather than scapegoated. Still, Malcolm X's analysis proved too searing for institutional America to lionize posthumously. Standing opposed were white reactionary extremists like the resurgent Klan. Beneath hoods and burning crosses, their terrorist tactics sought to ruthlessly suppress peaceful protesters and their sympathizers. Lynchings, shootings, and bombings tried creating climates of terror to stall activist momentum. Through the tangled legacies surrounding these figures emerge competing visions of America, one expansive, one bitter, and another seeking refuge in the past rather than confronting future change. King's enduring halo reflects his appeal to citizens' better angels. Malcolm X's notoriety, even in death, reflects challenging truths still simmering. Meanwhile, the Klan's diminished ranks reveal small victories over hatred's grimmest manifestations. This trio's tangled destinies offer insight into the winding road towards progress. Sometimes you need to look back to look forward. History is prologue. Has there ever been a time where history did not repeat itself for better or for worse? Listen to Flashback to a Fabulous Future, where we will explore ancient history, modern history, and personal history to see how we can use history to motivate and inspire you to create a fabulous future for yourself. The fifth principle of cooperative management is all about education. We rely on education, particularly historical education, to empower you. Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Welcome back to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Hopefully you are learning the tools you need to build a fabulous future for yourself. Now let's get back to the show with Cheryl. The year 1968 stands as a pivotal juncture in history, ranking among the most consequential and tumultuous periods in the American experience, and its impact reverberates through the ages, forever altering the nation. During this tumultuous year, a cascade of traumatic events unfolded, culminating from the culmination of long-simmering social and political forces. In the span of just 12 months, the nation grappled with two shocking assassinations, mounting and occasionally violent protests against the escalating Vietnam War, deepening class divisions, severe economic woes, and a burgeoning civil rights movement that was growing increasingly impatient, giving rise to impassioned advocates for black power. But the roster of transformations did not stop there. It also encompassed the rise of feminism, a questioning of the integrity of the nation's leaders, a burgeoning youth rebellion against their parents' values, campus uprisings against authoritarian administrators and societal norms, a newfound sexual liberation movement empowered by the birth control pill, and overarching it all, a fierce cultural clash over values issues such as abortion, crime, patriotism, prayer in schools, freedom of expression, and respect for institutions. This volatile mix was vividly portrayed and magnified by popular culture and an assertive news media, keen on holding political and cultural leaders accountable for pushing an acceptable narrative. Walter Cronkite, the trusted anchor of CBS Nightly News, concluded a special on Vietnam by stating, To say that we are closer to victory today is to believe in the face of the evidence, the optimists who have been wrong in the past. It also underscored the growing influence of television in shaping public opinion. President Lyndon Johnson made an unexpected announcement that he would not seek another term that November. It was evident that his party was deeply divided. Johnson's decisions had profound ramifications and political chaos escalated as the nation fractured into opposing factions on various issues. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., whose I Have a Dream speech, had stirred the nation. His assassination in Memphis triggered riots in over a hundred cities, including New York, Washington, Baltimore, Chicago, and Cincinnati. It seemed to validate the findings of a highly regarded presidential panel in which February had reported that the United States was moving toward two societies, one black, one white, separate and unequal. These riots exacerbated racial tensions, intensifying mistrust and hostilities. The June 6th assassination of Robert Kennedy followed his victory in the state of California's Democratic presidential primary. This tragedy occurred less than four years after his brother, President John F. Kennedy, was assassinated in Dallas. In addition to all of this, two African-American Olympic medal winners, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, ignited a controversy when they boldly raised their fists in black power salute during the medal ceremony at a 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. 
Today, there are parallels in the demonstrations by black athletes who kneel during the national anthem at National Football League games to protest police brutality and racial discrimination. Reflective of the political landscape, in August, riots erupted outside the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, where police clashed violently with thousands of protesters. The chaos was broadcast live on television and demonstrators chanted, The whole world is watching. Indeed, much of the world was watching and millions were alarmed by the apparent instability of the United States society. Many Americans were disillusioned with the state of politics and were losing faith in representative government, especially young men who feared being drafted and sent to fight in Vietnam. In response, there emerged a counter-movement led by traditionalists and conservatives. Richard Nixon crafted a resolute, right-leaning message focused on preserving traditional values and represented what he termed the silent majority, comprising middle-class and working-class Americans who yearned for stability and order amidst the tumultuous changes. Nixon also devised the Southern Strategy, which employed themes of law and order to appeal to white voters in the South and beyond. This strategy proved effective, propelling Nixon to victory in November as the nation desperately sought stability and a return to some semblance of normalcy. But month after tumultuous month, it became increasingly evident that the United States was adrift, its future uncertain. Amid growing concerns about violence and racial divisions, a profound generation gap had emerged between parents and their children, encompassing issues related to war, peace, race, gender, sexual freedom, religion, patriotism, and lifestyle. This generational schism became a defining characteristic of the era. College students grew progressively disenchanted with the established order, and on campuses, they clamored for greater control over their own lives. The feminist movement gained momentum, and a counterculture blossomed, where young individuals defied convention and experimented with unconventional lifestyles, often marked by sexual liberation, drug use, and direct challenges to authority. The Vietnam quagmire underscored the impossibility of winning the war, and the assassinations underlined the prevailing sense of despair. Although material wealth was on a slow path to decline, there were far graver concerns. The erosion of the nation's values and institutions were under intense scrutiny. Republican presidential nominee Richard Nixon's campaign tapped into grievances of white working-class Americans. Concurrently, Democrats began playing identity politics, fragmenting the nation into cultural factions often at odds with each other, despite their claims of unity. But the year concluded on a surprisingly uplifting note. On Christmas Eve, Apollo 8 achieved lunar orbit with U.S. astronauts Jim Lovell, Bill Anders, and Frank Borman aboard, becoming the first manned spacecraft to do so. The event brought joy to the entire nation, with the astronauts receiving numerous telegrams and letters upon their safe return. One message resonated deeply with the three heroes. You saved 1968. As the year drew to a close, the nation's path forward appeared uncertain, leaving many to question whether it could find stability. 
Everyday Americans were grappling with diminishing optimism about the future, with a travel ad in France encapsulating the prevailing sentiment. See America while it lasts. The assessment of what the 1960s signified remains divided among those who lived through it and those historians who study it. The year encompassed a growing cynicism toward government and institutions, which appeared mired in deception and dedicated to thoughtless conformity. In some aspects, it is argued that America was on the brink of losing its sanity and its soul. However, historians also contend that the nation reinvented itself during this period, emerging as a more tolerant and less constrained society, one increasingly accepting of individuality and more willing to challenge authority. Others viewed it as violating moral norms and a breakdown of the nuclear family, the bedrock and foundation of any successful society. In essence, the upheavals of the 1960s, both positive and negative, underscored that once social change reaches a critical mass, it becomes an unstoppable force. Frank Donatelli, a Republican strategist and former White House political director for President Ronald Reagan, adds, 1968 marked a turning point. It remains a pivotal moment that continues to shape the American narrative today. Bill Galston, a political scientist at the Brookings Institutes and former senior White House advisor for President Bill Clinton, grimly observes, It was a dreadful year. I believe it was the most tumultuous year for American society since the Civil War. Today, the nation is currently ensnared in severe polarization, this time largely along ideological and partisan lines. Tragically, violence has resurged, typified by riots and crime-ridden cities. Apprehension regarding U.S. overreach and miscalculation abroad persists, and the menace of terrorism, both homegrown and imported, concern people. Intense battles for personal rights have reignited, focusing on issues of race, gender, and more. Values are once again in conflict as political clashes arise between proponents of traditional marriage and organized religion and those advocating transgender rights, same-sex marriage, and a more secular approach to life. The established political system is under siege again. Many of the questions raised during the pivotal decade of the 1960s regarding the kind of nation the United States should be remain unanswered to this day. Our political class has reignited echoes of the turmoil from half a century ago, marked by vehement attacks on the status quo, unrelenting confrontations with adversaries, and polarizing arguments with opponents with a focus on disrupting the established order. The nation is closely divided and taking sides, making today appear increasingly consequential and tumultuous, akin to the decade of 1960. Even if you experienced deja vu and the path forward seems bleak, let's find a way to ferret out those lunar landing moments as we strive to weave a future marked by cooperation, understanding, and a commitment to avoiding the mistakes of the past. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey through time on Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We hope today has helped you understand how the past influences the future and created the present. 
Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.